Welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am your host, Kristen Goodman. I am a certified life coach and a mother to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Did you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you'll find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. All right, Tony, I'm super excited that you're here on my podcast. You are one of the people that I have had on my mind to interview since I decided to do a podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And you've been really flexible with our schedule. You know what I love the best was I was suggesting a time uh, a week or so ago and you said, hey, that's really close to Valentine's. Are you sure you want to do that? And I just said, remember, I, it was like, thank yeah. you so much. I mean, I, I should have uh, put that. So I appreciate your flexibility. I'm yeah, just really that's looking okay. forward to I the interview. I would have made it work. I would have made it work. <laughs> yeah, you're very kind. <laughs> Even on you made me look. You made me look good on my, uh, on my end, though. Oh, good. We, we avoided recording on Valentine's <laughs> Day. It was a test. It was a test to see how observant you were. And well okay. done. You passed. I passed. Thank you, awesome. Kristen. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, I want you to tell, tell the <laughs> listeners a little bit about you and yeah. what you do. Because I know I've been listening to you since... The very beginning of your podcast, I looked and it was oh. 2017. So it's been a few okay. years. And your yeah. number, your I think I found you through um, you were on Jody Moore's podcast, yeah. you were on Rachel Nelson's three and thirty podcast. And then your very first episode was about parenting teens. So that yeah. immediately I was I was hooked. And yeah. I feel like your topics cover a range of of different topics, subjects. And yeah. so I always, you're the podcast that I refer to the most when people ask about certain things. I'm like, you have to listen to this podcast because it's just, oh. it's not just parenting teens. You, you tackle pornography, you tackle marriage, you tackle so many sub narcissism, yeah. Yeah. faith crisis. Like there's so yes. many topics that, and I feel like you do such a good job at all of them. So, so thank you for your podcast, but tell us what you do and yeah. then why parenting teens is so important to you. Um, it's funny. I'm just laughing. I'm so, cause I love the way that you just summed that up uh, without trying to sound too egotistical myself, but I wanted to do a podcast forever. And I, I had the, well, so I'm a, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and I spent a decade in computer software, which just wasn't my love. It wasn't my passion. And I used to write a humor column in a newspaper and then I had my first kid. And so I wrote a bunch of humor columns about having my first child. And I thought, okay, I want to write a dad book. And then I had a little bit of a panic and I thought, nobody's going to care about me. Who am I writing a dad book? So I thought, I'll go back and get my master's in counseling. This is my early 30s. And I really did think I'll do it and just get some letters behind my name. And at least I can say I'm a humor columnist, but I'm also a, a therapist. And then here's why my, my dad book would matter. And then I really honestly, halfway through my graduate school experience, they said, okay, you need to go pick up practicum site and start working with clients. And I almost quit at that point because I thought, oh, I don't, I don't want to work with clients. I just want to write books and have letters behind my name. <laughs> and so then I had, but then at that point, I feel like, okay, I've already invested this money and time. And so I need to, to finish this process. And my, my practicum site where you do basically volunteer therapy and you have to work at a nonprofit. And uh, I, I waited, I procrastinated, which now I know is thanks to my lovable uh, ADD diagnosis, which I got because of being a therapist, figuring that out, working with other people. But I, the, I waited and I got a practicum site working with kids. And the good news, bad news is I received a lot of training 
but I also realized I didn't really want to work at, with kids as far as being a kid therapist. And, and I mean, I don't think I've ever really kind of put it this way in an interview before, but I really grew frustrated and also wanting to help the parents. And I was working with a population of people that I was seeing kids that were there because their parents had gotten in trouble and they were kind of mandated to come to therapy. And so I could play Jenga and, and Candyland and have kids color and draw. But every time I would get a chance to work with the parents, I would just think, man, there needs to be a lot of education in regard to parenting. And so that was just kind of that one planted a little bit of a seed. So then I, I get my degree and then all of a sudden I'm working part, part, part time in therapy for the, the church and, and realizing, okay, I'm starting to, to get a lot of different people coming in to see me. And that's when I really started working with people as like a male therapist, people with faith crisis and also pornography addiction. And then I'm in here with pornography, I'm starting to realize, okay, I can talk about addiction all day long now of here's the behavioral things, but that's where I started really, really kind of finding my, my groove, so to speak, and realizing people were turning to uh, coping mechanisms, addictive coping mechanisms, when they didn't feel connected with their marriage. So here's where I wanted to find a marriage therapy modality, and then their wow. parenting, that was a huge one. So I wanted to find a parenting modality, and they weren't connected with their faith, you know, and that's where it's like, okay, let's figure out faith crisis. And then their health, and uh, and then their something else. Um, my my voids. I'm drawing a blank right now. But that was kind yeah. of the whole thing that, that got me really finding my I don't know, kind of finding my passion. And one of those was parenting because I felt like here I had looked at I had worked with kids that were struggling, and I felt like it was because of parents who blessed their hearts, and those situations didn't have a good parenting model. And then I was uh, now starting to work with men who were turning to unhealthy coping mechanisms because they didn't feel they knew how to be a good parent. And then all the while I'm starting to have kids and we had four kids just within two years each. And so I think my kids were about nine and seven, my oldest two. So it's only nine, seven, five, and three when I really started to look into a parenting modality. And that was through some training that I went to. And that's where I found this parenting model called the nurtured heart approach. Yes. And, and so I then, love it's, that. right. I know. And so I love, I, thank you. And so then that's what I think that timing kind of when I lay it all out like that, Kristen, it's like, I think that was the timing that then by the time I'm now really finding my own parenting groove, my kids are hitting 12, 13, 14. So it's almost like I really got to really find my way in parenting my teens. Yeah. And, uh, and so then that started, that's kind of what led me to be really passionate about helping maybe that was what was parenting teens. Cause I still, right. and this is a, this is a confession, but when people come to me and they've got really little kids. So again, I won't, I don't see kids in therapy, but if I'm working with parents and they're having struggles with little kids, I really, my heart goes out to them because the nurtured heart parenting approach I still feel is, is amazing. And that'll kind of get into some of the things I know we're going to talk about today, but I feel like a lot of it is really just practice, practice, practice. And then you really see it start to, I don't know, pay off is a good word, but pay off as your kids become older, maybe when they hit these teenage years, because, right. you know, you, you've got a solid base of a parenting model and you really start to see your, your teenagers are going to be going through a lot of things. And now you're operating from more of a, okay, it may not always feel perfect, but at least I, I kind of know what I'm doing or I know how to interact or that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of taking their behavior personally. Yeah, or, exactly. Or I feel like when you were working with these kids and then mm -hmm. And then thinking, okay, I want to talk to the parents now too. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you saw when you were playing Jenga and these games with the kids, like you saw them, like they were, you saw the good in them and oh you knew gosh. they weren't bad kids, but yet they're mandated to be with you. 
but uh, yet you could see them in a way that wasn't like they're this bad difficult child that almost makes but, me want to cry like when you put it that way because yeah you would see that and i would see them react a certain way and sometimes i would i would see them react in a way where i felt like they thought i would think that's cool when they would um you know give me a really big um, emotional anger reaction or when they would say something that was a little bit more derogatory even poke at me as the therapist and and I, it's exactly what you're talking about where sometimes I would think at that time oh man bless their heart they think that this is the way that you do this and that and that's yeah. got to be coming from their parenting you know their parents who yeah. are 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 bless their hearts trying to figure things out and don't even really know um maybe the best way to parent or the best way to express themselves yeah. or the best way to right. model yeah yeah, I love that. And I, that's why I love what I do with coaching parents of teens, even mm. though I feel like what I get is the parent coming to me and being like, hey, will you coach my teens, which I do. <laughs> yeah. And I love coaching yeah. teens too, but I, I just feel so strongly the same as you of when you can teach the parent how to cope mm. with a difficult child to where they don't yeah. have to change their teen. Yeah. You know, then it just changes the game a little bit when you don't take it personally yeah. and no, I love it. I love the questions that you sent that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I think yeah. you're, I love that idea of that parenting in the middle. I mean, that, that really, I, mean, I know we're going to get to that, but I right. love the concept there of the difference because when you talk about authoritarian parenting versus passive parenting, I had never really looked at it that way. You really, it, it is finding that sweet spot in the middle, but that yeah. isn't just this ambiguous thing. It really is coming from a place of, uh, of, I have some skills and tools, but now I know how to react when my teen is going through their own things, which they're going to go through. They will. Right. And we know, cause we did it. We were teenagers once too. So yeah. let's, I wanted to hear some examples from your practice of mm -hmm. when you've seen the more authoritarian parent, like the controlling parent and, yeah. and maybe why that isn't such a great parenting example and yeah. maybe what some examples of what parenting in the middle would look like. Cause sometimes for me, I feel like I'm a little more lenient and I, I mm -hmm. kind of go, Oh, maybe this is too lenient or I'm, I'm giving my kids too much freedom in communication or in letting them do things. But then I'll listen to one of your podcasts. I'm like, okay, no, this is good. <laughs> we have communication. We're talking back and forth. Yeah. Like my kids are open. They're talking to me, but it does sometimes feel like that's my struggle is I feel like, well, then I'm, I want that control. Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Oh gosh, this is so good. And I really feel like the timing, even the fact that we're recording now instead of a couple of weeks ago, I've had some amazing conversations with my wife around exactly what we're talking about. So I may not even make sense of what I'm going to share That's next. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm going to default to probably more, more lenient, but I do that not as a uh, cop out, but I've, I've said for a long time now, it, what my goal. So, you know, my, my, individual therapy model of choice is this one called acceptance and commitment therapy. And I feel like that's one where you really have to work toward your values. You have to have a value-based goal or else you, you aren't going to really be connected with what you're trying to do. So if I'm trying to be a strict parent because I'm told that that's what I'm supposed to do, or I'm doing it because I think that's what I need to do. And uh, that's, that's called a socially compliant goal. And your motivation is going to be pretty weak and ineffective because it goes against really your sense of self. So okay. I feel like a lot of times we identify that we are living, almost living our lives in this world of socially compliant goals, doing things because we think we're supposed to. And so when we really find what we, what feels good for us, and I'm saying based on our own unique set of values as the only versions of us that show up, you know, and this is where I go into my big old this speech about, because you're the only you based on all of your nature and nurture and all the birth order and abandonment and rejection, all the things that make you you 
that you're going to have different thoughts and feelings and emotions because you're, you're the only Kristen, I'm the only Tony right. and my wife's the only Wendy. And so, uh-huh. so we're going to have different ways that we want to parent because of all the things that we've been through. So I know by nature, I cannot be an authoritarian parent or an authoritative parent because I don't, that doesn't feel right to me. So if somebody's telling me, no, that's what you need to do, you know, and it's taken me forever. I'm 51 years old now to be able to, and, and you know, this, this therapist to be able to kind of say, hey, I'm so grateful that it works for you, whoever is suggesting that. But mm-hmm. I really have to tap in and see what works for me and wh- what works then for me and my wife. So, uh, so where I'm kind of going with this is if I'm going to default to a value-based goal of a connection over control. And there are some people that they might feel like they know they want that control over connection because they may right. have grown up and never never experiencing a, real, experiencing a real connection with their parent, but then they also may not have left their childhood thinking, I wish I would have been more connected with my parent. They may feel like that was, that was the right balance or, right. Or, or maybe they're afraid to have this connection with their kid because they, they don't know how to do that or it feels too vulnerable or it feels too um, just ambiguous or unknown or too squishy or whatever that, lo- mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. And so for me, I know I'm, I'm going to default to connection over control. So like the relationship over rules, those kind of things. But then I'm with you. I think sometimes though, I feel like our brain is so wired to all or nothing or black or white thinking that then if I go for just the relationship or just for the connection, then I kind of go down this path of, okay, well, I I guess, I guess I'm not going to be very good at at holding boundaries. And then I think, okay, that's, that's just a story my brain's trying to tell me. Definitely. And so, right. So I, so this is where the last couple of weeks, my wife and I've been saying this, I don't know if this will even make sense. So I'm kind of excited to talk through it with you. So, so, you know, I, I was telling her about interacting with somebody in my practice and it was uh, somebody in their, let's, I think it's early twenties and their parents were still kind of saying, kind of doing a little bit more of this guilt or shame based approach of, Hey, you really need to take more responsibility or you really need to just a lot of the, what you need to do to, right. to their adult, to their adult child. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I, I can understand that parent is coming from a place where they feel like if they don't teach their kid some, some rules that their kid is going to then just, you know, the old classic live in a van down by the river. (laughs) But in reality, what's happening is the more that that parent is saying, here's what you need to do instead of saying, Hey, tell me about your experience. You know, tell me what it's like being in your twenties and trying to finish up school and going to college and, and, and trying to find a job. And, you know, instead of them saying, you need to realize, here's what you need to do right now, or you're not going to be successful. That, that that's in in actuality, that's kind of pushing the kid away, even in their twenties or even in their thirties. Because, you know, I always say no one, we don't like to be should on. We don't like to be told you should do this, you should do that. And so I, my wife and I were kind of talking this through and I feel like it's almost the brain's own um, black or white or all or nothing thinking where this, this more authoritative parent feels like, okay, if, if I don't lay the law down or if I, if I don't really tell them what they need to do, then they're not, they're going to do the complete opposite and they're going to just be this uh, or train wreck of a person the rest of their life. When in reality, it's, you know, that's not the case. It's not that all or nothing thinking. So if we say, right. hey, I'm here to support you and tell me what your experience is like here in your early 20s. In reality, I'm convinced that that person is now going to be able to go out and probably have you know, succeed and fail just like we all do because they're human. But now they're going to be able to go back to that parent as a secure attachment or as a base and now say, hey, this was hard for me. Um, I, but, but let me process this with you. Or, hey, tell me what it was like when you were younger. You know, now they're going to come back yeah. and now say, Hey, I need some help or I need some advice. Right. But when they're constantly being told, here's what you need to do, or here's what you should have done, 
then I feel like that is not setting that kid up regardless of if they're a teenager, if they're in their 20s, 30s, or even me right now with my parents in their 70s or 80s or whatever, where I, it doesn't lean me or lead me to want to go back to them and say, hey, I just had a really difficult situation or I just really blew it. Um, I need your help. Because now we're getting conditioned to, oh, I don't want to go back to them and hear, I told you so. You right. Know, or, or, right? Yeah, so, I do so feel that, like that. Um, as a parent, we do sometimes feel like, no, we know better. We know always. what you should do. We're right. Yeah. yeah. But I love how you say, get in the child or the teen or the young adult, get in their shoes or any, any person's shoes and find out what the experience is like for them. And, and then, then, even then we're not going to be able to understand it because it really is so different than what we were going through. Yeah. So you what know? would you say, how, how to respond to your child yeah. who you're just like, tell me what it's like to be a 15 year old or a 18 or 20 year old right now yeah. in the world that we're yeah. in today, you're trying to understand them. Maybe you have some agenda of, mm -hmm. I want you to go to school or I want you to do certain yeah, things. We're human. Right. Sure. Yeah. So how would you vocalize that to where you're not telling your kids what they should do yeah. but, and you're trying to get into their shoes? How would you say that sounds? Okay. So uh, I want you to know this, how, how excited I was to record with you today, Kristen. I actually wrote notes down. I never do this. Perfect. So, um, right. And now if I can just find them and read my own writing. Okay. So I did write a couple of things. Uh, one is that I, and I really believe this so much is that we can't look at every interaction as, as now is the moment for the life lesson that we really okay. are looking at this as a, this is the marathon or the ultra marathon instead of the sprint. Yes. And I really feel like this goes back to that all or nothing or black or white thinking that we do as humans is that we feel like, Oh my gosh, all or nothing right now. If I don't make this point right now, my kid is not going to understand. And now they're going to end up ruining their life and doing nothing productive. Right. So, so we feel like if, you know, and I, I still know, I notice this and I practice this stuff all the time. I love my interactions with my, my teens. I actually, I absolutely do. But I mean, I find uh, that when my kids come and bring a, a story, even a, a story to me because they feel safe and they say, hey, something happened last night or this was crazy or we were at this party or we were at a friend's house or, or did you hear about what happened at school and one of my friends did this huge thing. It's still so hard for me not to say, that's why you don't want to do drugs, you know, or, yeah. <laughs> or that's why you, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I know. Not everything has to be a teaching moment. I do no, like exactly. I that in my back pocket when I do want to yeah. over lecture yeah. Give them well, I mean, I, I just, I'll tell you, I just, so I've got a son that, and you know, this is really funny because uh, I'm going to say, watch, he, he's not going to listen to this and watch the one time somebody <laughs> ends up saying, hey, they talked to, but he's a, he's a really talented athlete and he has his, just as the, the, so many opportunities ahead of him in, uh, in the basketball he's recruited and he's, and it's just, it's been phenomenal. And so we were talking a few days ago with someone who was talking about one of their older siblings who is, is possibly going to. Uh, lose a scholarship and because of some because of grades and so it, I came home and told my wife I said I was exploding in every part of my head of not you know I wanted to say this is why you got to do good you know Jake right. this is why you got to study hard this is why you have to because what if this happens but I know that if I'm saying that I mean he's in, in high school right now he's not going to say you're right you know right. a few years down the road this example of someone else that I don't even know and uh, talking about a sport that I don't even play and studying things that I don't even care about. Oh, I see the, I see the application, dad, you know, thanks for sharing yeah. this. You know, they don't. I mean, so I was able to, to, to ask a lot of questions and then just do a lot more of a, man, that would be hard. Or what would that be like? You know? Yeah. Uh, right. And just, yeah. so, so I think going back to your question, yeah. So not everything is this doesn't have to be the immediate life lesson. 
And, uh, and so I think that that will lead a lot of times to just a lot more questions. And, right. and I feel and like, I, and totally. And that's yeah. where I feel like, um, here's another one that I haven't talked about uh, at all, but I've got this magnetic marriage course and I've got these four pillars of a connected conversation. I feel like they're, they're genius. I feel like they're, they're secrets to the universe. I really do. And so I actually kind of beta tested. I had an idea where I brought in a couple of parents and their teens that I knew. And I, and I used these four pillars of a connected conversation with these um, teens and parents because I really started looking at, man, this might be the secret to the universe as far as, as having parents communicate with their teens and using these same techniques that I'm doing with couples. And, yeah. and I really found out that it wasn't, I mean, being honest, it wasn't okay. as, it wasn't as, it wasn't what I thought it would be because it's still kind of scary for parents to hear about what a teenager these days what their mm-hmm. experiences are like. And, and what I mean by this is so, and maybe this will answer the question too, when you say, how do you, how do you do this? Or how do you have these conversations? My four pillars of a connected conversation is the first one is, is this assuming good intentions. So if your teenager comes to you and says, hey, I just, even if it's like, uh, I've been thinking about, you know, I don't know, I've been thinking about smoking pot or I've been thinking about, you know, dropping out of school. The first thing we do is we freak out yeah. and we just think, are, are you kidding me? You know, are seriously? Yeah. And we think that if we can show up big enough, then they'll go, oh my gosh, no, you're right. I won't think about that anymore. No, we have to be grateful. The assuming good intentions, pillar one, that they're bringing this to our attention. The, the yeah. second pillar, the, you know, the second pillar of this connected conversation that, that I say is you can't put out the vibe or tell them that they're wrong because as soon as you say, oh, no, 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 you don't want to do that. You know, we're, we're basically going into fixing and judgment mode. We're telling them, I didn't want to hear what you have to say. Just trust me, you're wrong. And that's, right. that's where we want to say that as a parent. We've probably all done that in a way. And our parents probably did that to us too. You know, I remember if I was saying something at one point of, I want to study psychology and having uh, some adult around me saying, no, you don't, there's not, that's not a career there. And, and I remember going, oh, okay. And thinking, wow, <laughs> you know. How about, how about, oh, what do, you, what do you like about psychology? What would you like to right. study? You know, right. and even having somebody then, the more that I talk about it, even if the person says, okay, man, I hear you. I, I don't know anyone that is a psychologist that uh, myself, or I don't know anyone that makes a good living doing that. I mean, that's a better way to say, hey, tell me more. And, it's, and thank you for sharing that. I don't really know much about that, but here's all I do know. So that second right. pillar of you can't say you're wrong, even if it's saying, are you kidding me? Oh, no, you don't want to start smoking pot or something, which, you know, that's, that's something that I get people coming into my office, real normal, nice people that never thought that their teenagers would even be doing the things they're doing where, you know, let's imagine that you have set up the relationship so that your kid is, is going to say, Hey, guess what I've been doing? Cause that's what we always say. We always say, Hey champ, you can come talk to me about anything, but yeah. really we're saying as long as it's not some really scary things. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so then that, that third pillar I say is questions before comments. So you have to then say, Hey, tell me more about that. Even if the comment you want to say, let me just tell you that's ridiculous, but okay, right. go ahead and tell me. All right, fine. Let me hear. I mean, they're not going right. to say anything. Or like your judging and, statements that so you much. talk about, like, why would you do that? What were you thinking? Oh, yeah. Just so shuts so down hard, the conversation. Right? Yeah. And then the, my fourth pillar is then you have to stay present. You can't go into your bunker. You can't just say, okay, fine, you can do that. And I guess I'll just uh, resign myself that I'm the world's worst parent. And I never taught you anything. I mean, okay. so there's so many ways that we shut down communication. Yeah. And so, so, um, and this is funny, the way I started, I know the way I started this was saying, hey, I started beta testing this and it didn't go so well. The reason why I'm saying it didn't go so well is you can see how hard it would be for a parent to hear their kid these days who now has grown up with a uh, computer in their pocket so mm-hmm. they can see and the things that we never want them to see. And then they now, you know, it's at least I'm in California where you have uh, 
uh, legalization of recreational marijuana use. And so it's like, everybody's talking about it. I mean, right. I told my wife at one point where I said, I can't wait till this passes, you know, like goes away. And I was like, oh, oh, it's here, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so here we wow. are. I mean, yeah. And that one hit me just about a year yeah. ago. Where honestly, I'm sitting here thinking I've got all these things figured out, but it's like, why do people keep coming in talking about, you know, pot? And it's like, it'll be nice when this is gone, you know? And then, and I mean, even that where I had to realize, okay, I mean, that's one of those where, uh, you know, I, I think we're kind of joking in some of the emails back and forth where I, I love to go to the, you know, okay, kids get off my lawn moment where it's like, you know, it just, I'm not talking about that, or I don't want you around here. And I had to realize, whoa, that's another one of those where whether it's the music or, or the culture, or those sort of things where I cannot like it, that's absolutely fine. And this is where I don't have to embrace it. I don't have to start, you know, wearing, uh, I don't know, I don't know saggy pants and, and start <laughs> trying to smoke pot or whatever. I right. know it's, it goes against right. my value, but I need to be able to say, all right, tell me about it. Why, why do you, why are you into, why are you looking into this even, you know, what's yeah. that like for you? And I, you know? I feel like, I feel like I, I have been pretty good at, at trying to understand my kids and not feeling like, you know, the old person looking down on the children, <laughs> like I know better or back in my day, but yeah. I had an experience just this morning that made me think about this of my, we have a family text thread and one of mm -hmm. my kids sent us a TikTok that they thought was mm -hmm. really funny and I, I listened to it and it was this kid talking about how parents make them do chores and, and it's the parents that are lazy. I don't know, it, my kids thought it was funny and I listened yeah. to it and I'm just, I totally had that get off my lawn moment. Right? <laughs> I'm like, this isn't funny, like who is this kid? What is he thinking? And anyway, it was just kind of a funny experience where I was like, yep, that's me feeling like, I don't know, I don't know how you would describe it, but I'm, I'm the older and wiser person and yeah. this TikTok, you know, let me see this kid in a few years with some kids as a dad oh. and let's see what kind of, of um, things he says then. Kind of yeah. that, that sort of thinking, this isn't funny and I was trying to tell my kids why it wasn't funny, why they shouldn't listen to things like that and anyway. It, it no, Kristen, that's so good because I feel like that's a great example of, where I still find myself saying, you know, you're right, right? I mean, wait till this kid gets it, you know, but then it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then knowing. So I find myself in those kind of situations where I have had to do the, okay, wow, thanks for sharing that. You know, that, uh, tell me what you like about that. What, what makes you laugh about that? Even though yeah. on the inside I'm saying, are you serious? Like, really? God, did I not raise you well? You think that's funny? Yeah. You know, like, why did you uh, think I'll... I would think this was funny? Why did you feel like the need to send this to us? Totally. Anyway, right. And then after but, yeah. the, you know, yeah. And then after the, these, like these four pillars that I talk about, then once the person feels heard, now I get to stay in my, I feel statements, you know, so then yes. it's uh, it is a thank you so much. And then it is, man, I wonder what that would be. I wonder what it'll be like around that guy's house. Right. I can't, I, I can't wait to see, you know, until yeah. uh, he has uh, three weeks of laundry built up. And, uh, totally. or, you know, and it, yes, right? it, like you said, that sounds so much better <laughs> yeah. to, to everyone than just acting like you just look, are looking down on everything. And you're such a, like, you don't think anything is funny. You're such right. a buzzkill. It's, it's like, totally. you can still have your own values and opinions and not like it without, yeah. I don't know, judging your kids so harshly and making it such a big deal. Cause my, my oh. daughter then was like, mom, it's just a TikTok. <laughs> right. Like really? I know, but so this is a teaching it. moment. We need to have a conversation <laughs> of why this so TikTok I, is. But so I love it though, because it, it, here I say, you know, not everything has to be a teaching moment. But I guess I'm also now uh, uh, contradicting myself in a in a in a strength based way of saying, okay, it doesn't have to be a teaching moment. But if they feel heard, then we can at least have a continued the conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. where I feel like 
I mean, I love it. I haven't thought of it this way, but so it would be, uh, I don't have to say that's ridiculous. You know, you don't really, you don't know what the real world's like, but yes. once that person feels heard and, and then yes, man, thank you for sharing that, 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 that does look funny or whatever. And then, and I can still do the man, I wonder, or I feel, or I think moments, but, but then I feel like the, you know, I always feel like I've got something that starts to get a little bit fuzzy in my head and then it kind of comes more into clarity from a therapy standpoint. And the one that I'm looking at right now, and I got to come up with a cooler word, but um, I love the word reactance, which is that psychological reactance. It's that instant negative reaction of being told what to do. So as soon as we tell our kid, our kids are the masters of this. As soon as we say, you need to understand whatever's coming next, they're there in their mind. They're saying, oh, you know what? I'm going to actually work as hard as I can to not understand what you're about to say right. that's reactance right yeah and so I, i've been calling these things reactance hooks is what i've been calling them. i need to come up with something better but a reactance hook is the second we say well but you need to understand you know their brain is already i mean we do it as adults but it's like your brain's already starting to shut down or get defensive or if it's a yeah but you always or what you don't understand is or what you need to know is it doesn't matter what comes next it, it, our brain's already kind of doing that protection mode but yeah. if we even just shift it to but I feel like, or, but man, I wonder if, or I hope that it, it just that little tweak of not saying you need to, yeah. or, you know, I really feel like it is pretty fascinating that the person is going to lean in a little bit more. And this, and, and I even had a, on one of these magnetic marriage um, calls for this, for my course, uh, people were doing these four pillars and, um, and a, a couple was, and they were kind of, they were saying, man, it was going well. And then it just kind of I don't know. It just seems like it, it just devolved quickly. And so then I said, all right, let's kind of really break down even the semantics of what you were saying. And the, the husband had shared something and the wife said, Hey, thank you so much. And was going through these pillars. And then she just responded with a, but you know, I feel like we do this. And I, and I just thought, aha, there it is. You know, and she's like, what? And then I said to the guy, what are you hearing? You know, when she says, I feel like we do this, he said, I immediately think, well, you may do that, but, but I don't you know? And yeah. so it's fascinating just to look at the little things we do that put the other person on defensive on the, de on the defense. Right. I mean, the, the obvious ones are you need to understand, or you're wrong, or you always, or you never, but even I will find a lot of parents to say, yeah, but you know, we, we all need to make sure that we're being nice, you know? And the yeah. team doesn't hear that and go, man, you're right. We all do. They, they hear, Oh, you don't think I'm nice. Well, how about you? How about you? You know? Yeah. And, yes. Yeah. And I, I do real I, I can totally relate to that because that was one of the biggest things that I learned when I was going through my coaching and really like taking what I was learning from my parenting books into my own parenting where I was, I had this realization, wow, I'm trying to convince my kids. Yeah. I didn't realize perfect. I was trying to convince my kids and I didn't realize yeah. I needed them to go, oh yeah, you're right, mom. Thanks. Cause I knew that yeah. was never coming. Yeah. But, but by my behavior and trying to convince them, it was like, that's what I was wanting. And when I realized yeah. that I'm like, yeah, they're never going to say that. They're not going to never going to say, "Oh yeah, mom, thank you." I love it. That's you know what's right. funny too, Kristen, is the now that we have a couple of kids that are in their 20s and I'm and I really do feel we're finally I feel like you finally get a tiny bit of reward where you get a little bit of that. Hey, I actually think maybe you were right about this thing long ago. And yeah. uh, it's it's pretty fascinating. So I mean, yes. I love what you, I love that you're saying that. that. Yeah. But, but you're not going to get it right in the moment. Or if you right. are, it means that they, they need you to Venmo them some money. You know, that's the, that's <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> and I, I yeah. And I feel like in where I'm at, my oldest is 17. The moments oh, yeah. that I realize, okay, this is good, is when they do come to me and talk to me or they share more with me. Yeah. And I feel like, okay, this is my reward. They're talking to totally. me. They're coming to me. 
I don't need to fix it. They don't want me to fix it. They don't want me to tell them all the answers sometimes. And then the one time where I realized, okay, this is working was one of my kids said, so mom, what do you think? And I was like, Oh, wow. I didn't expect them to ask for my opinion. Cause I had been reading that book, like how to, um, listen. So kids will talk and talk. So kids will listen. So I was doing all of those things and they really do. They will, when you give them that space, they, they do. And I've learned like, they do care what we think so much. They care about, you know, as parents, what we think, what we say, what we do, but they just don't always act like it. And so, no, because that that would be too, yeah, that's too vulnerable for them because they're doing their own little all or nothing thinking where I know, I, you know, I know I, I really believe that they feel like if they say, Hey, you were right too often, then the parent's going to say, okay, well then you need to listen to me all the time forever and ever. And you can never question anything where, well, I mean, we're all doing it. We're all doing this, this all or nothing thinking. Um, And I, it's funny when you say that, uh, where they say, Hey, uh, what do you think? I now notice that I have to resist the urge to be funny and respond back if it's in a text and say, who are you? And what'd you do with my daughter? You know, or, or, you know, and as much as yeah. we want to do, Hey, let me go grab a bottle of water so I can have a drink and do a spit take. Now we, we have to resist that urge to be funny that we think, yeah. you know, because, and make uh, a big deal about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. 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 Oh, I love this. Well, thank you so much, Tony. There was so much good information and tips here and how we can talk to our teens and really step back as parents and just, I love what you say about just getting in their space and, and where are they at and what, what is it like to be them? And so maybe the last tip you can give us is how we can do that. Get in our kids. Like, what is it like to be them kids these days in their world? And then just be at peace with, with that and not feel like you need to give them more information. Okay. I was, I was with you until it's, and, and then not feel like we have to uh, <laughs> say it's so hard. Right. Um, I'm kind of joking with that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was going to say, it's so normal to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure what I'm doing or if I'm doing it right. Yeah. 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 That's where I'm, in my own individual uh, counseling stuff where what I love about um, act acceptance and commitment therapy is this, this beautiful concept called expansion where you're able to make room for these thoughts of, I don't know what I'm doing or what if I'm doing the wrong thing or, what if, uh, what if, I don't know, what if this isn't oh, yeah. working and right. you make room for those thoughts and you don't push them away? Because if you push them away, if you say, man, I shouldn't be thinking these things, it's just like saying I shouldn't be thinking about a white polar bear. And now and you're thinking you about do. a white polar bear. Yeah. So it's like, I, it's not that I shouldn't be thinking these things, but it's like, check that out. Look at what I'm thinking. But I'm going to invite all of those thoughts and feelings and emotions to come along with me while I continue to, to do this value-based goal of um, connection or communication. And I feel like one of the things that I, I was thinking about when I was jotting some notes down today and I've, I've mentioned this every now and again on a podcast in a different way. But uh, when I was in grad school, I had a teacher what, that was a sensei of mine. I had her on early, early on on the podcast. Her name's Darlene Davis. And she would do these experiential things. I'm horrible with doing experiential things in, in counseling and therapy. But she had, you know, she had us, uh, um, there was a bunch of, I think it was desks that she had set up. And then somebody, uh, she's had somebody at one side of the room. And let's say that would represent the parent or it represents the therapist. And then the teen or the client is over on the other side of the room. And then the parent or the therapist just says, okay, to get over to, to my side, um, let me just tell you what to do. So take a few steps to the left and there's a desk in front of you. And now uh, just step over the desk and now take a right and whatever. And then the person gets to the other side of the room and then they say, there you go. How was that? And the person's kind of like, I, I guess I'm here. 
you know? <laughs> and so she said, what you really need to do is then go stand over on that wall with the, per, with the client or with the teen, with the teen. And now you're right there beside them and you just say, okay, where are we headed? You know? And they say, well, I think I want to get to the other side of the room. Cause they might not even plan on getting to the other side of the room. They might even say, I just want to get to the middle for a while. And so the job is to say, all right, well, what are you, what, what are you looking at? What's in front of you? Okay. It's a desk, you know, um, tell me your experience with desks. Are you afraid of desks? Do you want to walk over the desk? Do you want to pick the desk up? Uh, do you want to just like uh, bust through the desk? What, what do you want to do? And they're saying, and sometimes they're going to say, I don't know. I've never experienced the desk. And that's where they might be saying, what do you think? You know? And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's kind of talk about it. You know, what, what would that look yeah. like to pick this thing up? Or what would that look like to go around it? Or so you're, we're there to, we're right there beside them. And so we're, we're there to help them along their path. We have our own set of skills and, and things that we can offer. But, but the best way to do that is to say, Hey, what are you experiencing right now? I'm right here beside you. And what do you, what's your, what are your goals? Cause we, cause they might even say, well, I just want to get to the middle and stop for a little while. And we, we're still going to even be tempted to say, no, you don't want to do that. You know, right. you can do hard things. You just want to push on through and you yeah. want to get to the end. But what if they don't? Or what if, what if them saying, I want to get to the middle is their way of saying, um, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to feel like I'm kind of doing this on my own a little bit, or I'd like to feel I, that will build me some confidence of knowing that maybe I want to get in the middle and stop. And I feel like as parents that in this metaphor, it's that sometimes we're afraid that they're going to get to the middle and they're just going to stop. And now I guess they're going to live in the middle of the room. And, and in reality, it's, uh, they get, if they get to that middle and they feel like they got there on their own and they feel like we supported them and they feel like we had their back the entire time that I, I, this is where I want to almost say, I promise, you know, that they will then say, you know, I think I'm ready to move on. Yeah. I think I'm ready to move, but our brains are so afraid of they're going to stop right there and they'll never go further again. And we're going to be horrible parents because they yes. stopped in the middle of the room. But in reality, that's the fear and they're going to be able to make it to the other room or the other yeah. side of the room. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good visual. And that helps us see like we can trust our kids and yeah. we can work with them. Like our job is to love and support and yeah. be with our kids, not not do it for them or tell them how to do it or make sure they get to the other side. It's like, just love them and be with yeah. them. And that visual, it helps me see how I can do that without. I appreciate it. I've never busted that one so out before I love like that. that. So that, that was kind of fun. Halfway all the whole time I'm thinking, uh Oh, at some point, is there going to be something bad about this? Or is it, no, no, <laughs> no, that was a that. perfect way to, <laughs> to end this podcast, I think, because it is such good. a good visual to help parents know how, like how to help our kids you know, what does the desk represent in their life? What is their kid going through? What is their yeah. kid doing? And how can you just love and be with your child? Because we yeah, like can I throw say, one? Yes. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was nope, gonna say the, nope. the other thing that I just thought about, and I didn't write this one down either. I okay. just would love, I'd want, I want parents to know that it's okay. And you've talked about this. I know in the past too, but it's okay to go back and say, my bad. Or it's okay to go back and say, yeah. hey, I, I, I totally was, um, I, I misread the situation or I, or I reacted too quickly. And that's another one where I feel like, uh, and I know we don't even have time. Maybe we can do this on another time, but right. um, talk, I, I do so much with abandonment and attachment stuff. And I feel like there's just this fear we have of that, you know, how we show up. And even as an adult, we're still afraid to sometimes own up to our own things that we've done wrong. And that's the stuff that we're bringing forth from childhood. It really is. We're afraid that if we say my bad, that all of a sudden, you know, the world's going to shut down around us and that People are going to say, oh, well, if you made a mistake there as a parent, you're not supposed to make mistakes. You're, you will never, you know, we were yeah. both your parent, your parenting. Right. Uh, your kids won't trust you or, ever again. Yeah. Or, when in reality, yeah. that's one of those things where I just feel like just sometimes just saying, holy cow, I didn't have all the data. That's my bad. Or I reacted Definitely. a little too quick. 
And yeah, I feel like and I think that that's helps modeling your kids that. so much. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. That was huge for me too when I realized, okay, I want to be this perfect mom and I want to do everything perfect and I want to have, you know, great kids. I'm like, mm. wow, I'm really setting them up for with a lot of pressure because yeah. if I'm perfect, then they have to be perfect. So it's they okay to, to mess be. up. It's okay to be exactly. human. Yeah. And it's allowing and it's them perfect. to do the same thing. Yeah. Oh, thank right. you so much. I feel like this episode is going to be great. I have so much to share. I'm excited to share it and for everyone to, to listen. So tell us what you have. I know you have a parent. Well, yes. Talk about your parenting course because I, yeah, I, I, know, um, I know have it, but then I'm, you also have a marriage course too. So tell us all the things. Yeah, that, no, I would say I'm the world's worst, from, the world's worst promoter. So if you just go to tonyoverbay.com, um, I have a free parenting course that will be, it's up there. It's, and it's based on this nurtured heart approach and it's uh, parenting positively, even in, in the not so positive of times. Okay. And then I've got this magnetic marriage course that uh, we just launched. I'm doing it with a, a friend of mine who's, he's a life coach, Preston Pugmire, who puts together courses. I was no good at putting together a course. Okay. And we just did our first, we did our first launch and it, and then it was amazing. And it sold out in a few hours and I had no idea that it would get the reception. So if you go to, TonyOverbay.com, I think slash magnetic, or even on the homepage, there's a way to get on a wait list to find out more about the next okay. one. Okay. I'll it, put it, it in is, my notes. It's a cool, thank you. It's the coolest thing ever. I mean, I really mean that I was, we, we spent over a year putting this together and it's all the stuff that I've been doing a thousand couples later, honestly, in over a decade of seeing, you know, 15, 20 couples a week in therapy. And, uh, and I know these things work. And then he just helped me really put some more tangible ways to, to hold people a little more accountable to, to things, which has been nice. And then I've got a, a pornography recovery program called Path, The Path Back, which is at pathbackrecovery.com. And it's a super strength-based um, program that is helping people kind of reclaim their lives and, and stop turning to, to pornography as a coping mechanism. And I introduced a weekly group call into that about oh, two, three months ago. And that's just been so, so fun every week kind of doing that. And I actually have one of the things that I'm uh, most proud of or that, that is, is wild. So you, I love that you had mentioned that, yeah, I talk about narcissism um, from time to time. And, and it's actually one of my areas of expertise is working with women who are in relationships with um, men with narcissistic tendencies or narcissistic personality disorder. So I did start a group. Um, it's, a, it's a private group for women who are in relationships with or have recently gone through um, maybe a divorce or breakup with nar people with narcissistic tendencies or narcissistic personality disorder. And that group is pretty, it's growing. And so people can just, they just reach out to me um, through my website and, uh, and that I'm about to launch another podcast that's specifically in dealing with women who are in relationships with narcissistic men. And that one, we've been doing some group calls and those, those, that's made everything that I've ever done feel worth it because of the, hear the people connect and, and hear wow. people share stories and feel like they're, they're not alone. That one's been mind blowing. So I've got that one going too. And, uh, and I think that's all the stuff. So, wow. Okay. Um, so much value, so much value. Uh, and it just makes me feel good knowing that all of these resources are out there and available and accessible mm -hmm. to so many people because we all need, we all need something, you know? Yeah. And hey, let me, uh, here's one too. I just figured out. So, yeah. um, uh, I just got asked, um, I'm coming out to Salt Lake in May and I've been asked to present on faith crisis and mental health okay. at a, at a three day mental health conference put on by the state of Utah. And so, um, but while I'm out there, I know I'm going to try to put together some, some interviews and maybe a fireside or something like that too. So Wonderful. I'll have more information on that coming okay. up. Uh, that'll be in May. So, yeah. All right. Well, you do good work. Thanks. So Thanks, I look forward I to it. seeing the rest of, of everything you put out and how that all goes. I know that 
they will be amazing and so helpful well, for, for so uh, many. I appreciate all you. You are always very nice with the things to say. I appreciate the work you're doing too. Yeah. Thank okay. Well, thank you for all your parenting yeah. tips today. And um, I'm excited to share it. Okay. Thanks, Kristen. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my most requested training is available to you right now for free. Grab my How to Avoid a Power Struggle with Your Teen over on my website, kristengoodmancoaching.com. Simply click on the Here's How button and you'll be in. Interested in working with me one-on-one? I've got a four-week intro course to self-coaching that you won't want to miss. Find more info at kristengoodmancoaching.com forward slash self-coaching mastery. Thanks again for listening. Remember, you are the best parent for your teen. Talk to you soon.